welcome to the rewrap for Tuesday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosken Breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB. And uh, this morning, uh, the, the old uh, paying for your quarantine thing, we're still waiting for that to happen, aren't we? Um, why? Uh, the argument for wool and against it. And a bit of a redemption for Spark Sport. We'll finish up with a bit of Fat Boris. But before any of that, uh, people have still got their hands out for the handouts. Uh, do they all deserve one? You know what the real pandemic is? Our worrying, if not alarming, love of borrowed money. Latest pushes to have welfare recipients still get state support no matter what their partner ends. Not surprisingly, the Greens love this idea, which of course is why the Greens have never really gone on to any real electoral success and they seem to hang precariously close to the 5% threshold. They're too communist. If they actually stuck to national parks and birds and ferns and snails, environmentalists would know where they are. But as long as the communists are hanging with them, their true potential will always be held back. So the argument is that if you're in a relationship with a lawyer who earns a quarter of a million dollars a year and you lose your job, you should still be entitled to welfare. And in a way, given you're an individual and you can see an element of logic, I suppose, to that, the same way that if you're a millionaire and you lose your job, you should still be entitled to state assistance. See, this government's gone some way down that track. Out of COVID has come two unemployment benefits, right? The regular one that we've always had, and there's this new one, which is significantly higher and recognises that some people losing work would never normally lose work or expect to do so. So it's more of a stopgap type payment than perhaps a, long to, a longer term lifestyle type payment, the job seeker. Uh, but the problem here as if I need to say it yet again, is we have no money. And perhaps even more worrying than that simple fact is the attitude. Why are there so many people in this country now whose great aspiration in life is to have the taxpayer foot their bills? The number of people who are dreaming up ways to get more free money far outweigh the number who stand here aghast at the level of debt that we're sinking into. When Paul Goldsmith, National, dared suggest a pathway last week to reducing debt over a 10-year period, out they came, the critics lambasting him for taking a knife to the public service. Oh, the carnage he was proposing. And yet, what else is it we're expecting? I mean, do we really believe we can borrow and print billions and not have to deal with it? It's not how we run our lives. Well, I hope it's not anyway. Why are we happy to view our country completely differently? This is how socialism gets a foothold. A dependence on the state for everything using someone else's money. And once it becomes a state of mind and an accepted practice, hard work, entrepreneurialism and endeavour die and you start to look distinctly South American. Well, you know what I always say? If there's money going, I'll have some. I mean, I know I shouldn't be saying that, but I just really, really, really like having more money rather than less money. Sorry. Uh, which is why I wouldn't be that keen on paying for my quarantine uh, if I was coming back from overseas. Uh, but we're probably going to have to start doing that eventually. Right? Right? Because one of the bigger lessons out of COVID is the fact that not a lot matters anymore. It doesn't seem to anyway, does it? Stuff that, you know, used to fill our days from climate change to obesity to all the other pressure group dramas has largely vanished from the landscape. The old energy in, energy out equation we very quickly discovered was tipped on its head. And whatever our super cause was, no one seemed to be listening anymore. Apparently plastic bag use is up. We've decided the planet or saving the planet less important than saving ourselves. So a single-use plastic bag was a reassurance to us, apparently, against bugs. Even the evangelical climate changes have had to work hard to get a headline of late. So given the mood, I think the chances of a bunch of whinging expats upset that we're charging them to come back home and quarantine is going to end up wasting their time as opposed to changing minds. And as such, if they're smart, they will give up before they really kick on with it. While they haven't done a poll on this, I've got no idea, given I'm absolutely convinced it would heavily favour the government's uh, move to charge these people coming back. 
Once again, by the way, uh, this is a lesson to the Greens. Labour is for it, National are for it, New Zealand First are for it. Being the tiny outlier the Greens are on this just reminds everyone what a bunch of fringe thinkers they are. And at a time when all the polls have them dangerously close to annihilation, I'd be looking to avoid that. Or, or, is that why they're doing it? Appeal to the offshore vote, align yourself with the distant Kiwi, angry in London and grateful there's still a voice back home that makes you feel slightly less forgotten. But back here in the real world, the cold hard truth is we are one of those countries lots of us like to leave. That might actually be something we could look at sometime. Why is it so many of us want to naff off? Is it something that drives us away or are we just so disconnected geographically we've got to go find what's on the other side of the world for ourselves? Anyway, by year's end, the bill for quarantine is half a billion dollars. It's absurd. We don't have it. And it's not even like the government are making this up. There is no legal right to free entry. Yes, you've got the right to return to your country, but rights aren't can't blanche. Our governments regulate and dictate rules and conditions and boundaries all the time. All this is, is a price on your re-entry. And no, you don't have to like it. And yes, you might want to argue it's unfair and start all the campaigns you like, but that won't be changing your reality. Like most things in life, there is a price. And three grand to get back into one of the safest places on earth is a bargain. Can we not just, you know, how people keep doing stupid idiot things in quarantine? That cause a lot of problems. Can we not just charge them heaps and heaps and then not have to charge the nice, compliant people who are doing what they're supposed to do? Um, Mike uh, had some big ups for wool today. I, I have terrible New Zealand dark owls. Hard for me to say wool. I don't know why. Well done, Cavalier. As in the uh, the carpet people, they're committing to wool. I'm a big fan of wool. I've always been a big fan of wool. You know who's a bigger fan of wool than me? Prince Charles. He's uh, championed wool for years and years and years. Natural fibres. Uh, There's too much cheap crap, synthetic crap, in all areas of life these days, but uh, you can't beat a natural product. Anyway, the company's given itself 12 months to transition away from the manufacture and supply of synthetic fibre carpets. They've stopped ordering synthetic yarn. They're going to sell down their remaining synthetic fibre stock. It's done on, apparently, a trend. People like wool. They like quality. I like it. Uh, the government's got on board. They're revitalising the, uh, the strong wool sector, which has been in a spot of bother. Uh, they argue that greater participation from producers is needed, so the farmers need to get on board. But so do the manufacturers, and Cavalier is one of the manufacturers. So that's super exciting. So that's the case for wool. Um, I, I Wet school jerseys. That's, that's my argument against it. Uh, yes, that's right. Yeah, we all remember being in the classroom with the wet... Uh, it's nothing worse than that smell. Um, now, uh, Spark Sport had a good day yesterday. Mike explains. Credit where credit's due. Read a piece yesterday on Spark Sport. And Spark Sport, you, it's, it's the classic media. It's my fault as much as anybody else's. Uh, when it all goes wrong, and it did go wrong, so Spark Sport bought the rights to the Rugby World Cup. We all remember what happened in the Rugby World Cup. Initially, it was a disaster. It was a problem. It all got back-ended to TBNZ, etc. And we had um, Jeff Latch on at the time, over some of the issues they were having. People hate you, they think you're incompetent, and that you promised a lot and you've delivered, to put it bluntly, shit. So... (laughs) Far out, Mike. Yeah, so that didn't go that well. So to be fair, we had the end of the uh, the final day of um, the English Premier League uh, in the last 24 hours, 48 hours. All 10 games kick off at once on the final day, right? So suddenly Spark Sport had a whole lot of games to stream all at once for the people who love the EPL at 3 a.m., They had 12 concurrent live stream events, no problems at all. 10 Premier League matches, Goal Rush and England v the Indies, or the Windies, in the Test match in the cricket. So they were streaming all of that, and it went rock solid. So the lesson learned there is, maybe they went a bit early, maybe it was all a bit experimental at the time, but here we are right here, right now. 
that whole business, that whole discussion we had at the time of streaming. Remember streaming and how it was new and we couldn't get our head around it and was it stable and could we do it? Well, apparently we can, and they are. So well done to them. So you you were... Um, how do I put this? Head of my time? I, of course, was hopelessly wrong. <laughs> wrong. Wrong now, right then, right at the moment. In the, in the spirit of the moment, I was spot on, but as we look back with the benefit of hindsight, no, things didn't improve. And as I say, credit where credit's due. Yeah, so um, believe it or not, that was actually a bit of a missed opportunity there. I've got a remarkable number of um, cuts of Mike admitting that he was wrong about stuff. Um, I should really play them more often because he's actually wrong a lot more often than you think. Uh, we're going to finish up uh, with uh, Boris. He's fighting obesity. Uh, not single-handed, but he's uh, certainly been uh, making plenty of noise about it. Boris, just briefly. Now, Boris, God bless him, I think is, 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 is running this obesity campaign because it's personal, because he found out when he got COVID, of course, he was fat, and he calls himself fat. He says in the uh, campaign, he goes, what I discovered is I was too fat. And he's in this in this ad claim, he goes, run run for his, with his dog every day, and he, he can barely look like he can walk with the dog. But nevertheless, uh, family doctors are going to become health weight coaches, Sweets are going to be banned at shop checkouts. Obese patients are going to be referred to weight management classes. Do you know there's 60 million people in Britain, right? 60 million people in Britain. Uh, they're going to put calorie counts on all alcohol labels. It'll go nowhere. No one reads that stuff, and they don't care. If you want a beer, you want a beer. You know it's got calories in it. You're still going to have a beer. Anyway, there are 60 million people in Britain, 35 million of them, in excess of half, overweight or obese. So they've got a um, they've got a major issue there, but uh, Rod's on that. I, one. I worry with Boris. Ever since he's moved into number ten, of course, you don't really have much of a commute, do you? No, because he used to cycle, didn't he? He, used he was to a cycle. big cycler. The the free bikes in London are the Boris thing. Well, and I've never I haven't seen him on a bike for, no. forever. No, he's in the back of a Jag these days. That's what happens when you get to the top, Glenn. You go from the bicycle to the back of a Jaguar. Five two. Don't seven. I know it? <laughs> yeah, I found it a bit offensive that he said that he was only five foot ten, and so that's why he struggles with his weight. I'm five foot eight and a half, and you know that means I'm short because I say and a half. So does that is that why I'm fat? Is what maybe it is? Maybe I need to be working on uh, gaining some height instead of losing weight. Hmm, something to think about. I am Glenzie B. I'm just going out to stretch. Uh, that was the rewrap, and we'll be back with another one tomorrow. It might be a little bit longer.